Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm delighted to welcome Tanya Meisman back to the show. If you're a loyal listener, you might remember Tanya from episode 50, Developing Confidence, Courage, and Self-Belief in Teens. If you missed that one, be sure to check it out. After a successful career in corporate Australia and the UK, Tanya pivoted and now has a company called Girl Shaped Flames. Tanya mentors young, ambitious girls, and she helps them develop self-confidence and self-belief. Tanya always brings so much wisdom and insight to our conversations, and today is no exception. Some of the topics we cover in this episode include understanding why we parent the way we do, the identity phase that is critical for teens' personal development, and the four key fears that erode a teenager's confidence. Be sure to stay tuned until the end to hear about a special offer from Tanya exclusively for my listeners. Let's get started. Welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Are you tired of watching the teenagers in your life trying desperately to keep up on the high school hamster wheel? Is your teen confused about which direction to take after high school graduation? Our world is changing, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they can feel empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we will explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and I can't wait to take this journey with you. Hi, Tanya. Welcome back to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm honored. I'm, it's a two-timer now, and we've got mapped out like three more episodes worth of stuff we want to talk about still, so I'm just yeah. thrilled. Thank you for having me, Betsy. Oh, sure. Yeah, we could probably talk once a month and never run out of stuff to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for my listeners who maybe didn't catch your first uh, visit here on the podcast, it was episode 50 for anybody who wants mm-hmm. to go back and listen to it, Developing Confidence, Courage, and Self-Belief in Teens. Tanya has a lot going on and so many great programs and resources for parents of teens, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and give my listeners just a little bit about what she does. Yeah, thanks. So I run an organization in Australia called Girl Shaped Flames, and I started it uh, nearly four years ago now because I was concerned by the... um, the rapid deterioration that we were seeing in young girls. And at the time, I thought the issue was really quite firmly sat in the teenage space. But what we are also starting to see is an increase in problems with confidence development as young as eight and nine-year-olds now. So we've sort of expanded our activities to encapsulate uh, the tweens as well now. Um, But yeah, I started it uh, originally as an events based sort of company and we would run events where we would connect teenage girls with extraordinary women and role models and do confidence development Um, that's made its way into camps which is our sort of signature event experience we offer uh, high school aged girls here in Queensland and we run those camps we'll be running them a couple of times this year and they're called Camp Courage Um, they are my pride and joy we we achieve an incredible impact with the girls that come Um, and and so we're trying to run them more and more frequently now Um, but as as a lot of people experienced with COVID 
as an events company, all of a sudden we couldn't actually get in the room with the girls and it was very difficult. Uh, And we also found screen-based events were also very difficult for the girls to actually be able to connect and things. So we started turning our attention um, to an area that I had always wanted to spend more time in, but I hadn't had the actual physical time to do so. And that was supporting parents. So now we actually have alongside all of the stuff that we do with um, tween and teen girls, and there's a couple of online courses there and and the events we're now picking back up um, now that Australia is doing quite well on the COVID side of things. Um, we actually now have a whole series of stuff for parents. So we have our Raising Girl Shaped Flames Facebook group, our podcast of the same name, and we've developed most recently our Courageous Parenting Live Coaching Program. And having both sides of the story now uh, and being able to influence both sides has been um, really empowering for me and for Girl Shaped Flames because we can actually start making a difference once they leave our events and go home, we can make a difference within the home to help parents and daughters connect better, build relationships and support each other through what are renowned to be really bumpy years, you know, even on a good day. And that's it. Well, that's one side <laughs> As you and I know, there's episode three to talk about the whole other side of work that Girl Shape Flames is doing. Um, but that's really, really been the focus. Yeah. And parenting is, parenting teens, girls or boys is a challenge, a challenge. That's the word I'll use. Um, And, and we've talked, you and I have talked about this off the podcast. It doesn't feel like there are many resources available to parents that can really give them actionable steps and really good information that they can apply in daily life with their teens. And that's why I love the work that you're doing. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about courageous parenting and and some of the things that you touch on in that so people can get an idea of what it is and and any tips you have to share along the way. Um, let's start with let's start with understanding your influencing what influences your parenting choices. What are some of the things that we're influenced by that maybe we're aware of, maybe we're not aware of, um, and mm. how we make those choices? Well, that's exactly, I mean, my collaborator on the Courageous Parenting Program is a neuroscientist and adolescent counsellor, Dr. Diane Hanna. And her and I, when we sat down during COVID and said, if there's one thing that we would want to communicate to parents who are feeling challenged, raising, um, in our case, we deal with daughters, but so much of what we teach is runs in parallel with sons, uh, 100%. But we wanted to say, what where are all these concerns and where is all this hesitation in in parenting choices coming from and and what could we tell parents to help them? And when we we decided to develop the Courageous Parenting Program, we sat down and went, well, um, I'm sure there has to be a Julie Andrews movie or something where they say, if you're going to start at a place, you should start at the beginning. There's a jingle. I can never remember what the song is, but if you're going to start at a place, you should start at the beginning, right? So... um, with the participants that come and do the program, we start at the beginning. And the beginning is understanding why you parent the way you do. So many parents come to Girl Shape Flames and look at Raising Girl Shape Flames um, uh, resources because they immediately believe that the help needs to be with their daughter. So they want their daughter to be stronger, more confident, more determined, and they say, what can we be getting our daughter to do? 
And we we have resources and here are some resources, but if they'll let us, what we also like to say to parents is, you've got a lot to do with this as well. And in, in a good way and sometimes in a negative way. So if we start at the beginning with um, understanding what influences your parenting choices, what it really does is it gives parents an opportunity and the permission to stop and self-reflect for a second and go, am I parenting the way that I really want to? or And am I doing it in a way that sits and feels right with me? Or am I possibly parenting in a way that has been influenced by a variety of different you know, parties? And we go into a lot of detail in module one about this, where we look at, you know, what your dream was originally. You've, you've got the little cross on the stick when you wait on it for the moms and dads. You got that, you know, chill of shock when she came at you with the little stick and to say, you're going to be a daddy. Um, but, you know, in that moment, <laughs> you start dreaming, what kind of parent are you going to be? And you have all these wonderful, you know, rose colored glasses kind of ideas of it. You have other people that have influenced you, like your parents and the way you were raised and how they parented you. Um, we really sort of dive into that, and that has been a, a, a real point of aha for a lot of our parents who've done the program so far, where they start looking at how much have they adopted from their parents' style and choices and belief system and value system, how much have they naturally just adopted through default, as opposed to challenging it and going, hmm let's see how I turned out off the back of that style of parenting. What are some things that maybe I actually would want to adjust now that I have the benefit of hindsight? And we look at your partner, how it influences your parenting on on what your partner's beliefs are, your friends and associates, social media, and all of these things come together to really sort of shape how you're parenting today. And it's about stopping and looking at that and going, is that what I want? And And usually the hard question to ask yourself and answer is, am I getting the outcomes and the results that I would, I want with my relationship with my daughter through the type of parenting I'm doing? And if the answer is no, by going back and unpicking all of this, you can start to see and highlight if you could make these changes, maybe you would get different outcomes through your parenting. So, I mean, it's a lot, like we have a whole module on this, so I won't go into any more infinite detail, but it is, <laughs> every module is very powerful in the Great Parenting Program, but I would say it's the one that um, our our parents who've done the program so far really come back and really go, oh my goodness, I did not realize that all of this was going on with me. And now I can start to see how that's actually having a direct impact on my relationship with my daughter and, and therefore the, the possibility of how I could change that and how I could improve it just purely by being aware of it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many biases and, and to your point, the way you were raised and social media, you know, all these people post their perfect pictures on their perfect vacations and their, and let's be honest, we all know that's not real life. Right. Um, but I love that about thinking about you know, all these hopes and dreams and expectations you had for your teen. And, and I think I see that a lot, you know, in the, in the conversations I have and, and on the podcast that that's very true where, where's your, what is your child going to do after high school? Right. Well, they're mm-hmm. going to go to college because I went to college mm-hmm. or where are they mm-hmm. going to go to college? Well, they're going to go to this school because I went to that school. It's just, mm-hmm. 
it's very biased. So I love that you do yeah. that kind of work. And that's so foundational. I can see why that's that takes up a lot of time and effort to work through yeah. that. Yeah. And it's, it creates such a solid base to then work through the rest of the modules from because once you've had that realization, you realize that you now get to choose how you move forward and you get to choose which of these sort of tactics and strategies are going to fit with the relationship you want to have with your daughter. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of the relationship you want to have with Mm. your daughter, or in my case, your son, everybody knows this about me. I think I have boys, but um, how I'd love to hear your thoughts and tips on how you build that deeper relationship and understanding with your, with your teen. I mean, this yeah. is the magic question that I hear asked over and over again. And what are what are your strategies around that? Well, we, again, have an entire module dedicated to, well, <laughs> every module really harks into this idea of the fact that the relationship is key. And, and Di and I say this time and time again throughout all the training, the relationship is key, protect the relationship. Um, so to build a deeper understanding. Well, module two really takes everyone through uh, building a deeper relationship through understanding your daughter and taking the time to stop talking in most cases. Sorry, moms, but it's usually about listening, watching, paying attention. Then it comes down to asking and prompting, but not in a full-on attacky way. It's just got to be in a nice, natural tell me a little bit more about that or I've never seen that before, that looks interesting or, oh, gosh, how did that make you feel? Like even little tiny questions like that, what they do is they really crack open the door for your daughter so that she knows that you want to know something about her. She has permission to speak about it. And over time what we see get fragmented very early on And look, this comes from a good place and I'm a parent myself and I'm guilty of this is that sometimes we can inadvertently be frustrated very regularly with our children, boys or girls. And that frustration can sometimes come out when obviously when we're tired, when we're time pressured, when we are just frustrated and we just just need life to just go the way we need life to go so we can cope. Sometimes our, in our case, Gorgia Flames girls, they get caught in the crossfire and you might inadvertently be shutting them down when they're trying to speak to you. You might be brushing aside their opinions because they don't fit with what you're thinking in that moment in time. They might need more from you than you have the energy to give in that moment in time and you shut it down because you think you're going to come back to it at some point when you have the energy, but chances are you actually don't. All of those little nuanced things, even down to attitudinally you're struggling because she is being challenging, she's pushing all the boundaries, she's triggering you left, right and center and you just think I don't, she doesn't deserve me being nice to her and giving her time and attention at the moment because she's being a pain. And look, I'll put my hand up, mine are little, only three and six and I still have that challenge. But (laughs) what that does is over time it erodes a feeling of safety and connection that she has with you. If she feels that things that she says to you are going to be responded to in that way, she's going to stop talking to you. And then what happens is that through stopping talking to you, the parents start getting very anxious. And I don't know if there's any parents listening who have ever felt, you know, I'm losing her. 
she doesn't talk to me anymore. I can't get her to open up. All she does is snap at me or shut the door or slam me out. She's just on that darn phone all the time. And you just feel, first you feel offended and then you feel um, concerned and then you feel scared because you know that without that connection, you can't protect her. And really our jobs are to protect, right? So taking the time to either preemptively jump on that before it becomes an issue, so be very conscious now of of how you sit and listen and understand her, give her that space, really be present and and talk to her and understand her. Um, Or if you're trying to repair a relationship that's already kind of headed down that track, give it the time and space it needs to prepare by providing more of those opportunities. We talk um, in the next module around communication and connection, we talk about water cooler chats and things where you can just without confrontation and without um, coming at each other, you can just have casual conversations about TV shows or, you know, flowers or something or other that over time just build up her trust back in her communication with you and, and therefore the relationship. So I kind of moved into the next one already, but but understanding her, giving her that space. One other thing that we do, which is a really great exercise, is we talk about triggers. And triggers are, uh, uh, most people will know the word trigger, but it basically is something that sets you off and, and it triggers a response in you. And it can be, um, it can make sense or it can make absolutely no sense why you get triggered. What we challenge parents to understand is that your daughter has triggers too. And if you've inadvertently triggered her on something, she's going to have an emotional response. So the reason I partnered with Di on this, Dr. Diane Harder, is that she's a neuroscientist, as I mentioned at the beginning. So all the way through our whole program, what we do is we keep educating parents about what's going on in the brain um, of their daughters at different age ranges so they can understand where emotional regulation plays a really big role and, you know, to do with their prefrontal cortex not being connected to their amygdala, which is the emotional um, response unit. And if those things are still developing and not yet connected, you've got an uphill battle on your hands whether you like it or not. It's about understanding how it's working so you can then measure your response. So I would say this whole front section of what we do in the program is all about developing your relationship, strengthening your relationship, getting that bond in place. So then you can support her to become more confident and more self-assured and more determined along the, along the path. Whew. So that's <laughs> a lot and and it's all good. What if you have a teen that won't communicate with you? I mean, yeah, shutting yeah. them down is one thing if they're actually talking to you, but if yeah. another one's like, you know, you grunt, what are you up to? Nothing. What, what yeah. game are you playing? You, you wouldn't know it, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So really where that comes from is it means that there's work that needs to be done to repair it. Oh, there's two things. There's probably work to be done to repair some things that might have happened in the past where they they started to distance themselves from you or they feel it. But the other thing to remember is that one one big thing we talk about a lot because it's got a lot to do with both neuroscience and the psychology of things is that teenagers from about the age of 10 uh, and 11, because it's getting earlier and earlier now, they head into what is, is scientifically proven as an identity phase. And that identity phase is critical for their personality, for their personal development. 
And in that identity phase, what they are, are programmed to do is to pull away from everything that they have known and turn their gaze outwards to the world so that they can use all of those worldly experiences and influences and um, stimuli to determine who they are, what they want, what their value system is, what their comfort level is on different things, what they believe. And they do that intentionally. And we as parents, it's, it's so hard because we have been their world until that age. And we have had, you know, some parenting coaches don't like to use the word, but we have had a level of control over the situation up until now. And then we start losing that control. But what they are doing is critical. And Di explains this better than I do, but there have been studies that have shown that children and and young adults who are prevented from going through the identity phase, so they are held back from exploring new experiences, having wider role models, having wider um, influences, trying new things. They are the ones that when they get to their sort of like mid to late 30s or so, that start sitting there questioning themselves in their lives because they're going, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I believe. Because that formation is done back in the tween and teen years. So as parents, we see this as, you know, and my time is coming because I have two sons as well, but we see them as sitting on the couch grunting at us and we're taking that as, you know, they don't like us and, and they don't want to connect with us and we're not valuable to them anymore. But in actual fact, they're in their own little ego world. They are processing the information that they have determined is important to them at that point in time. And some of the best success you can have as a relationship is know that they know you're there. And they know that if, you know, I'm sure in an hour and a half's time, they're going to get up off the couch, meander over to mom and be like, mom, we're out of bread and I need eight cheese sandwiches, you know, especially boys <laughs> from what I'm told. Um, so from, a, but to give some specific tactics, right? So what we normally say is um, increase your physical presence. Don't, don't talk in your physical presence. Just be around. They're sitting on the couch playing video games. Be around. Sit on another couch nearby and read a book. Um, you can, you know, tidy up around them, sit in the kitchen if you've got an open plan and make something, just be around so that if the motivation strikes for them to say anything, you are around because what we see time and time again is parents coming back going, she's not talking to me. And then you dig in a little bit and it's like, well, the opportunity she had was between eight and eight twenty AM in the morning. And then she might've had another 15 minute gap. She could grab you over here and another one over there. I can tell you now. They don't, another thing we go into in the program is <laughs> they don't run on your watch. They run on their own watch. And if your calendars, and we're all used to working like this now, if your calendars don't align, they don't align. And she's, they're not under your control anymore, as we've talked about. They're on their own calendar and their own time frame. So if your little tiny pockets of time don't line up, you can't take that out on your daughter or son that that's their fault. You have to make the time and you have to sit back and watch their behaviors to understand when are they possibly a bit more chatty? Like, are they a morning person where they're a bit fresh straight out of bed because they're well rested? Are they a come back home from school and they want to blurt everything out at you? Make yourself available in those times, not for hours on end, but give them 30 minutes of your time at the time you think they're chatty. Do take an interest in their interests. 
don't be a dork about it. <laughs> we have a whole module, we have a whole <laughs> section that talks about the bestie debacle and that's where parents are really like, oh, I want to come to karaoke with you. <laughs> You're like, no, pull back, pull back. Um, but, you know, uh, show an interest in their interests, get them to explain to you what's going on, don't overrun the conversation with flashbacks to your childhood. And this is what we all do. Oh, back in my day, I used to play Mario go-karts and my, on my Atari, what's it? They don't care. They genuinely don't care. But what they do want to do is they want to explain to you the strategy that they're playing out in the latest Fortnite or whatever they're playing and so on and so forth. And we're in the girls' case, you know, um, ask them about uh, the projects they're doing at school or, you know, um, a team exercise that happened recently, but get her to tell you about the girls in the team or the members of the team and the personalities, because that's what girls really like talking about. And make sure that you're, you're helping that situation. It doesn't get too nasty or anything, but just give her a platform to talk to you about what she cares about. Um, and then I think the other thing is, like I mentioned before, water cooler chat. So water cooler chat's really where you try to get situations that are natural everyday life situations where you're also seated or walking next to each other. It's really important that it's not face-to-face. So um, we talk about in the car, that's your biggie. Uh, Grocery shopping is another really good one. Uh, Walking the dog or going on any kind of like a a walk, Um, even if you're just pottering around the shopping mall um, doing errands or whatever, get them to come with you. Uh, Anything washing dishes next to each other, Anything where you're next to each other and you're doing a different activity. And when you're doing that activity, the focus is on the activity and the chat just becomes secondary. And then let that chat be what it is. Don't come into that chat with an agenda. And we go, again, we talk about this all in the program about coming into things with an agenda. They can smell it a mile away and they'll shut you down faster than you can say boo. But come into that chat just literally letting the chat flow into whatever it is. And if uh, if it feels hard, if it feels like you're really trying to pull stuff out of them, just stand there. And it's one of the hardest things to do as a parent, but literally just stand there washing dishes next to them and not saying anything. And that's okay because then you're there and you're present. Yeah, that is hard to do and and to not have an agenda. I can't tell you, and I've talked about this yeah. on the podcast before too, I'll walk into the room to say, hey, how was your day? And then I'll be like, pick up those socks off the floor. Like yeah, I just yeah. need to stop doing that. Um, but this is, oh, this is all so good. And I love the brain science. I'm such a nerd about that mm. kind of stuff, but I, I find mm. that fascinating. And the mm. identity phase, I'm going to be Googling that tonight. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Let's talk about confidence because that's a big part of what you teach for both girls and for parents. And um, I know that 
you do so much good work in that area. And, and, you know, more and more, I, I just keep seeing and hearing teens struggle with confidence. Social media is not helping. COVID has not been helping because they're out of their, their norm. They're not with their people. Um, what, what do you have? What do you have on that? So I think what's interesting about confidence and I've got a few years under my belt now working with parents and and girls on their confidence. And I would say that sometimes we might feel as parents that we're not having the right impact or, or we feel helpless to support our daughters who are struggling with their confidence because of so many things are stacked against us. So the identity phase, she's already pulling away from us. She's already not talking to us. So how can we possibly help her? Um, the world and everything. And, and if anyone jumps back to that previous episode we did, I think I took you through all of those 21st century um, things that impact the girl's confidence right now and why we're seeing these very, very scary statistics about um, the dissolving of, of their confidence. But I think the other thing is that sometimes we try to treat a lack of confidence um, with the the thing that's right in our face as opposed to trying to dig down under the iceberg a little bit. So the fifth module in our program is one of the most powerful, aside from the first, I'd say it's probably the most emotionally powerful one. And, and I know it rattled a number of our previous participants, but then they came out the other side, like all the lights had gone, off, had gone on and they understood now what was happening with their daughters. And what we go into there is the four key fears that almost every um, moment of self-doubt or self-confidence can be mapped back to. And just briefly, those four key fears are the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of rejection, and the fear of the unknown. So almost every single thing that your daughter or son is pulling back from or having a response to or um, you can see has a, a degrading effect on their confidence can be mapped back to one of those four fears. And the exercise that we we get parents to do is to either with their daughters or sons, you talk to them, you can either talk them through it or you can just do it off the assumption of what you already know. And, and most parents kind of at the first time they do the program, they just do it on their own. But we say, what is standing between your daughter and her confidence? And the answers we get back are things like school, friendships, mm. academic pressures, um, body image. Uh, um, I said friendships, but that's a big one that comes up a lot. So they come up with these, these tips of the iceberg. You can see, I can see school, I can see friendships, I can see all that pressure. But underneath the iceberg lie the four fears. So it's not school that's eroding her confidence. It's the fear of failure, that she's not going to do well enough that everyone else expects her to and herself. It's probably the fear of rejection, that she's going to be rejected by her schoolmates. Maybe she's trying to go through a school captain and she's going to be rejected or fail. It's definitely judgment, especially when it comes into friendships and things, um, being judged for what she believes or how she acts or what she wears. And then fear of the unknown, particularly at the start of every school year here in Australia, we're going into our new school year now. And there is this fear of the unknown. What's this What's this year going to require of me and, and, and what's it going to be like and how am I going to cope? So any anything that you think of where you see your daughter pulling back, you know, she won't get up and, and speak on stage. Uh, she won't go back to her dance classes this year because of whatever reason. It's not about the dance classes. It's about what she's scared of. 
And we go into a lot of detail across all four of those fears because even within failure, you have two different types of fear of failure. You've got fear of failure before anything even happens and that's where we um, are resistant to take risks and we're resistant to try new things. And then you have fear of failure as, as a result of having had a failure and then trying to get back on the horse and trying to um, learn from that experience and, and develop that resilience and grit, uh, which is a whole nother thing. So I would say from a confidence standpoint, where we have seen the greatest um, movement forward by parents is by getting this understanding, they can then start to actually tackle and, and speak to their daughters about these issues in a deeper way that gets their daughters able to think about them in a deeper way. And then they start building the, the internal skills and mindset that they need to then work their way through that fear of rejection, let's say, if, if that's one that's at play, and then be able to go and manage it. And then what happens is it doesn't matter which iceberg part of rejection they're dealing with, whether it's not getting picked for a school play or school captain or a friendship group, they've worked on it at its core instead of at its top level. And then they take those learnings through into their adulthood as well. So that's been an area that I can give you a billion different activities that girls can do to build their confidence. We have our freebie confidence calendar you can get. We have um, a whole bunch of resources. We we do a whole module in the Courageous Parenting about um, their confidence in action for the girls and, and specifically looking at um, controlled stress activities and all those kinds of things. But if we're not dealing with confidence development at a deeper level and at its core, then whatever we do is going to be temporary and it won't stick. And we really need this to stick now while she's a teenager so she can manage her way through the tip tween and teen years and then she can manage her way through adulthood, which is critical. This is such good stuff. I, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about my own, again, boys, but it's so relevant across the board. But I'm just thinking about same, like f- fears that they've had, things that they haven't done or were afraid to do. And, and it, you know, sports is a really good example, especially for boys, right? It's like, well, he doesn't yeah. want to play on that team. Well, why not? You, you love pl- and music. That's another one, right? You love to play the drums in your room. Why don't you want to play in the marching band or in a you know a group with other kids I don't know I just like to play on my own mm-hmm. well it never occurred to me that maybe he was afraid to perform in public I mean it just never occurred yeah to me. yeah and we we're quick to kind of go come on it's not that bad you've got a drum set there you go right. do a drum set it's easy and and then you start it, it's easy to, to slide into well they're being stubborn or they're doing it on purpose yep or they just want to be a pain in the bum and, and I know as parents, when we're tired and we're stressed and we're whatever, we just think it's not that hard. They just should be able to do it. But all of this work that we do with parents is to try to show them that, yeah, sure, there are times that they do need to push, you need to push. And, and again, we go into detail around when to push and when to back up. And there are actual specific kind of things you can look out for that show you when it is time to push. And we call it like cracking the door open. And you're allowed to push them, but if the door slams shut, don't push because you're just going to be smacking them up against a door, really. But things like going out and playing in the marching band, sitting down and talking to them going, you know, what is it that that is actually bothering you? Then it's like, well, I'm self-conscious about the funny uniform I have to wear or, you know, I, a lot of people don't even know I play the drums and I don't know if I want them to know. And then you go down the next layer and you're like, 
why? Why is the funny uniform a problem? Why don't you want people to know you play the drums? Then it becomes, what if I get rejected? What if I get laughed at? What if people judge me? And then depending on how good they are at the drums, it could become, what if I fail? I get out there and I'm, I'm, it's fine if I muck it up in my room, but if I muck it up in front of 150 people out there, that's a whole nother story. So getting, sitting down with them and, and getting into those deeper layers then can really help them identify it and then they can decide from a place of more strength as to whether they are prepared to go out there into the marching band. This is so valuable. Your your courageous parenting course, I'm going to have to sign up for it because you just have (laughs) so... You have so much wisdom and well experience. You've been doing this for a long time and your your partner on it. I mean, you guys combined together are just doing amazing work. And, you know, while I don't have daughters, I, you know, am a daughter and grew up a teenage girl and recall very clearly how tough that was. Um, so I think I just think you have so much to offer. This is so valuable. I'm so glad we had this conversation. So let's talk about what you offer for parents and for teens. And, um, and you have a little a special deal for my listeners. So let's talk about that. Courageous Parenting is, is for me, it's, it's bigger than just an online course. It's, it's actually a program that, as you've already, anyone who's still listening has heard, Di and I have sat and planned this learning and this journey for parents out both on an intellectual and on an emotional level so we're really intent on making sure that parents who come and do the program we're taking you through the stages in the order that they should be taken um but also where we support so um the what's coming up now and depending on what date anyone's listening to this podcast we will be doing we do multiple live coaching rounds every year um whether we do two or three this year, we don't know. So at the moment, we're going into our February one at the time of recording and the registrations for that are opening up on the 4th of February. They'll close on the 9th of February and we will start the nine-week live coaching program from the 15th of February, which I think will be your 14th because we're a day ahead. But basically that live coaching program, we've designed it because parents in particular, people in particular, but parents in particular, all of this learning is better done when it's embedded through sharing your experiences. So in the live coaching program, you get the program, the course contents, their videos, we've kept them short. I think there are very few that are over 15 minutes in length, but there's about say six videos per module, let's call it, with some worksheets and stuff. They're really easy to chew through. We have a little app because we do it through Kajabi that you can do it on your phone when you're sitting at school pickups and you're, you're waiting for things. And a lot of our parents do that. But what really what we saw is, is the key is in the live program, we do a weekly video calls with the group. So we are limiting numbers. So I think we're limiting it to about 50 or 60 parents this round. That's all we're going to take so that when we do our video calls and we break up into our little virtual rooms and all the rest of it, um, we can actually speak to people and we can help people on an individual level and understand um, some more specific issues they're going through to do with whatever we're talking about that week. So that's very important for Di and I. Di is a counsellor by trade. And so she knows the importance um, particularly of actually being available and being able to speak to parents. 
On top of that, it's the done thing these days, but we will have our own private closed Facebook group that Di and I will be in every day as that added layer where we can respond to situations that parents are going through. Other parents can chip in their two cents as well. We're all there for the same purpose. Everyone is there so that they can improve their relationship with their daughter and subsequently, you know, support their daughter's growth in confidence and self-belief and so on and so forth. So the program runs for nine weeks from the 15th of February um, and we've got all those bits and pieces. There's a few bonusy type things like um, I think everyone gets access to my communication uh, or the, the convo starter kit that we have, which helps parents. Um, I'm just finalizing with Di whether we're going to offer a few exclusive one-on-ones for the first people that book. Um, but really here, as we were talking about just before, what I'm going to do is we've created a coupon because I love you and this podcast and your listeners. Um, so we've got a 10% Thank off you. coupon. Yeah. And if everyone's stuck around this long to listen to everything I have to say, then you deserve 10% off <laughs> um, the Greatest Parenting <laughs> Program. But we've got a code. I did hamster CP10. So that's hamster C for courageous, P for parenting 10 because you get 10% off the um, full price of it. And you can apply that 10% off whether you want to go for the full price or whether you want to do a payment plan because we've got both. Um, and that, okay. yeah, and lucky, I'd like to say to American listeners, is that you guys get a little bit of a cheaper price than the Aussies because we don't, I don't have to charge you GST, which I hope my tax accountant, well, even if he did listen to this, I'm, I'm, I know that this is right, you guys don't have to pay GST. So you're getting it already 10% cheaper than the Aussies. And then on top of that, if you use this wow. code, you get another 10% cheaper. So it's a bargain. <laughs> that what we a do, deal. That's a deal. I mean, it, so it comes down to, I think it's 997 US normal. And then with your discount, that'll bring it down another hundred bucks basically. So for a nine week coaching program with live calls, Facebook access, um, and the also lifetime access, everyone does this lifetime access. Basically that means for as long as we have the course online, you get lifetime access to it. And I believe what's going to happen is if we ever shut it down in the future, we would give you notice, you can download all the stuff and keep it and so on and so forth. So you get lifetime access. And one reason that that's really important is because what you are going through now is one thing, but what you're going to go through in years to come with your daughter is going to change and you'll need to come, it will benefit you to come back and go back to that whole understanding her or go back to her fears or, you know, go back and look at it now. If you do it first when she's 11 or 12 and then when she's 14, you want to go back and kind of refamiliarize. And then you've got a whole nother kettle of fish by the time she's 16 and 17, you want to go back and just keep reminding yourself of these concepts and stuff. So for us, we, something you mentioned right at the beginning that I was going to comment on was you said that um, there's not really uh, much in instructions and resources out there. And we often talk to parents about, we, we, we sort of, um, you know, muse with parents about the fact that when, when you're pregnant, there's like a billion books to read, too many books mm-hmm. to read. Then you get the whole yep. first six weeks, first three months, first two years, all the way till they're five. Then at about the age of eight, all those resources start to drop off. And the irony is, particularly with girls, by the time they're reaching 10 and 11, this is when we all need a handbook. This is when we're all like, what on earth is starting to happen? And what do I need to be ready for? And how can I best mitigate this? And so this was part of what Di and I were also talking about when we were developing it. We were like, 
there is no handbook. So what if we develop something that can kind of be like a pseudo tween and teen years resource that you can come back to when you're like, I mean, in, we added a module eight on specific issues that parents asked us to do that were in our, our original round. So we talk about defiance and disobedience and toxic friendships and parenting self-care. And these are all things that change their shape depending on whether your daughter is 11, 13, 16. They change shape, but the concepts remain. The brain development understanding remains. So, yeah, we're super proud of it. And if anyone wants a taster, just to kind of get to know Di and I a little bit, because going into coaching programs, you sort of want to know who on earth you're dealing with. We actually are doing, I'll give you the link for this as well, but we're doing a free confidence breakthrough series at the moment. And what that is, that's a couple of videos that Di and I are putting together and then a live workshop. You know, by the time this goes live, I think the live workshop will be a week later, um, which is taking place on the 3rd of February, our time. It was evening, so it'll be the morning of 3rd of February for you. And, um, that is really digging into those four fears that I talked about earlier. We're going to start looking at uh, explaining to parents about those fears and and how you can then start to dig into that with your daughter. So if anyone wants to get, it's all free, you just register and then we'll send you the videos as they come live and then you can come into the workshop if you want. And then off the back of that, we'll open up our registrations for the next coaching round. Great. I am going to include all the links to everything yeah. we talked about. Um, on the show notes page. So my listeners can find it there. This has been so helpful to me personally. That's one of the reasons I love doing this. I learn so much that I can apply to my own <laughs> life, but, but also that I know that there are parents just like me who, who need this, you know, the handbook, the walking us through some of these tough times. So yeah, this thanks. has been really, really helpful. So where else can people find you? What about social media? Any of that? Parents, your best bet is, uh, well, girlshapeflames.com is our website and you can get all the information you need about everything there. But come and join the Raising Girl Shaped Flames podcast. Oh, sorry, Facebook group. We have a podcast of the same name, so you can definitely listen to that. Um, but Raising Girl Shaped Flames Facebook group, it's free. It is closed because I just make sure that there are parents of girls coming in. Um, but that we've got about 1200 people in that group now. Um, and we, we share all the resources we have into that group. We have discussions around particular issues that are going on. We've helped some parents with bullying issues. Um, and just, just that overall, uh, confidence issues and and things like that. So I'd say that group is the best. And then, yeah. And then we've got the podcast as well. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you so, so, so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having me. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be the last time. I think we'll be, you and I both have some exciting projects on the go that we can do a really exciting episode three on later down the track. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for this episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you would take a minute and give me a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so new episodes will be delivered to you as soon as they're available. You can find and connect with me on the High School Hamster Wheel Facebook page. And please consider joining me and my co-host, Jay Dusold, in our Life After 12th Facebook group, where we provide encouragement and help for parents of career-confused teens and 20-somethings. All links and references mentioned during this episode can be found in the show notes.
The High School Hamster Wheel Podcast is a proud partner of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.